Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. Hello and welcome to another episode on the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Devani. And I'm Lehora. What's holding you back? If you're searching for greater clarity and meaning and interested in breaking free from unconscious patterns that sabotage your happiness, you will definitely enjoy this illuminating conversation. Today's guest, Sandra Biskind, along with her husband, Daniel, is an author, spiritual mentor and coach, teacher and trainer of life mastery and personal development. Sandra and Daniel have dedicated their lives to empowering people to free themselves from pain, suffering, sadness, and limiting beliefs. We all have unconscious patterns and beliefs that are preventing us from growing more fully into our potential and the life of our dreams. Sandra and Daniel are adept at helping clients deactivate dysfunctional patterns that get in the way of creating a life of greater success and happiness. We are eager to learn more about co-author of the internationally best-selling book, Codebreakers, Discover the Password to Unlock the Best Version of Yourself. Welcome, Sandra Biskind. Thank you. It's really wonderful to be here with two such beautiful women (laughs) in the world. You likewise. We were remarking yesterday and today as we were preparing for this interview how much we love your art. And speaking of which, here is your book cover, which represents, which reflects what's behind you as well. Um, And so we'll get into learning more about the beautiful art and your work as well. But But first, we love origin stories and you have a unique one. So let's dive into how did your, how did you come to be doing the work that you're doing today? Yeah, I look, honestly, it really did start as a young child. I think when I was three, I was absolutely connecting with divine beings at night. And um, there, was a, there was a psychic ability that I had all the way through. And then all of a sudden at 18, when my right ovary burst, I ended up die, almost dying in hospital. And it was at that time, you know how you have a lot of turning points in your life and they, you kind of get redirected? It was at that time that I really experienced what life was like without suffering. In other words, you would think that there'd be a lot of fear and anxiety and worry and here I am dying and it was the exact opposite. In fact, um, uh, PLATINUM, which is the acronym for the password to unlock the best version of you, really, I experienced that for the very first time at that age and um, it was it was just the most amazing experience. Um, I woke up pretty angry in a trashed out pain-filled body thinking no this where where did where did that experience go like what happened Mm -hmm. Uh, and then two months later I knew my mother was going to die and I begged her not to go to hospital and have a hysterectomy and you know she did and um, the operation was successful but she was given 18 pints of the wrong blood group and she bled out and died and um, Yeah, that was like a nightmare of massive proportions. And of course, that was a major transformational moment in that I left school, jumped into my my family's uh, fashion business. And um, from 18 to 20, I just, you know, I helped my dad run the business. Um, I helped him sell it, had another life-threatening surgery. And I married a man 10 years older than me at 20, who just so happened to be the... um, fashion controller for Target Australia. And so that was, you know, this two years, 18 to 20 was like, wow, what is going on? It was, it was kind of a nightmare status through the whole thing with the, with the wedding being very sad because my mum wasn't there. And um, yeah, and you know what? Seven years later, I finally got up the courage to extract myself from what had become a, an abusive marriage. And at that moment, when I was at my lowest 
ebb, um, I realized that I needed help. I needed a lot of help. And uh, that's when I started sitting in a spiritual meditation circle. And that was like my safe haven. Every Thursday night, without fail, no matter what drama was going on, I was there. And that's when I learned um, the art of being able to master my own frequency. And that, by the way, is one of the big things that happens throughout Codebreaker is that for us to have the life that we want, for us to be the creative, perfect divine beings that we are, we have to understand how to master our frequency from one moment to the next so we can live the life that we want. So it was really, you know, you can see what led up to it. There was a lot of drama, a lot of pain, a lot of challenges. Um, and Daniel, from a very young age, by the way, said that he wanted to help set people free. So there was this, you know, this whole thing. I knew that enlightenment was going to end suffering because that was my experience. He wanted to set people free. So when you get this divinely arranged marriage, you've got a couple here now who are dedicated um, to empowering humanity to raise their frequency, to get clear of the unconscious programs that are running our business and our show, our lives, and to have the life of it, that we're really here to live. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the real nutshell version. But when you read the book, which is over 400 pages, um, there's lots of really fun, great stories in that book about how this came about. And truly, we did not want people to have to go through those traumatic experiences to, you know, be multimillionaires and to be almost bankrupt, like the ups and downs of life, extremes. We've had extremes. Right. And, um, and we thought, well, why do people don't have to go through that? And so what do we do? And we said, okay, let's, this is going to be our legacy work to the world. We're going to present this work and say, here you are. You don't have to meditate for 40 years in a cave or a mountaintop. You don't have to have a major car accident. You don't have to have a shocking, abusive marriage. Just this is it. This is the, on a platter. Here it is. Here's a system that will change your life so fast and so effectively that you will start to have, um, you'll start to become free of the addiction of suffering and pain, which is humanity's biggest addiction suffering and pain. Interesting. Wow, that's such a good point. And um, you mentioned that you, you had your psychic abilities as a child. Did that, was that something that scared you as a child or did you, did you like it or how oh, did that? It was normal. It was just normal for me. However, I was never, I never talked about it to anyone. Um, for instance, when my, my, my beautiful papa died when I was 14 and um, they took, my parents took us to see him in the coffin and um, I just looked in and I said, well, that's not my grandfather, where are you? And I looked up and there he was um, on the other side of the room just smiling at me and he waved to me and I it was like, I took a deep breath and went, oh, oh, thank God, that's where you are. Yeah. You know, so then I knew he was alive and he was fine, but he just wasn't in that body, in that coffin. Mm -hmm. But I didn't tell anyone around me that. It was almost like I knew that I shouldn't because mm -hmm. Remember, we're talking 60 years ago. This yeah. is now. Like now, if somebody said that to you, you go, oh, yeah, right. It's all energy. It's all frequency. It's all, you know, oh, yeah. But, but then um, there was no mention of it at all. You know, when I was three or four and I went to my mom and I said, mommy, you know what does Jesus talk to you about at night when you go to bed? And she was like, the look of shock on her face was pretty fantastic because we weren't in a religious home at all. And she just deflected beautifully and said, well, what does he talk to you about? And so you see that there was nothing, there was no one that I would have told about any of this. Mm. And it really wasn't until I was about 28, 29, where I did my very first public uh, weekend event or a nighttime event that I actually just came out and I was teaching meditation and I was talking about all things spiritual. And it was a shock to the people in my town. They're going, where has this come from? Yeah. But I had been living with it all of my life. Yeah. Right. Well, during the difficult decade between about 18 to 28, yeah. were you disconnected from that side of yourself mostly during uh, that time? No, interestingly enough, it was really that my mother used to come in a lot 
and she would come into my dreams and she'd speak to me and she'd, you know, say, please stop grieving, please, you know, you know, get, get your family, get your dad and your brother and sister together and tell them I'm happy, I'm where I should be, doing what I should be doing. And so I had little minor experiences like that. But yeah, I was truly at 20, not only did I marry um, a man, this man, this incredible man, really, he was an amazing person. Um, but uh, we also bought a home, we bought buildings, we created a, a, a group of fashion shops um, because I couldn't get a job. So I thought, okay, I'll open a boutique, my own boutique. And um, so I was so busy running a home, uh, a marriage and a business that I was not focused at all on anything spiritual. Yeah. Even, though, even though it was who I was, I wasn't having those experiences. And quite frankly, I was kind of in survival mode a little bit. Mm. If you get up at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, clean your house, go to work, open your boutiques at nine, manage your staff, manage these award-winning shops that they became, and I had my own label, and then go home at night and cook a three-course, you know, gourmet meal to your husband who may or may not like it, and if he doesn't, he'll pick it up and throw it out the door. Um, there was enough for me to cope with. Plus, I was having a lot of um, health issues at the at the time too. So, really, no. <laughs> that decade, it was like, and that's why when I came out of it, out of the marriage, I've gone. Hang on. The first place I knew I had to go to was I had I, I took myself to the Geelong Christian Spiritual Church, and I I understood that they were it was spiritual church, right? So that's where I thought this has got to be a home for me, and. Um, that's really what happened. And I started reading books. You know, I was reading um, Out on a Limb by um, Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine and uh, Wayne Dyer. And I started reading these books and I'm going, oh, so other people are talking about this. Mm. You know, and, so, and they're not crazy and I'm not crazy. And that was when everything, and you wanna know something really funny. I think when I was like 28, I said to myself, okay, <clears throat> I'll give myself one year, 12 months, and I'll just say yes to everything spiritual, to all of the events, to everything, right? One year, and that'll be me. Well, okay, 40 years later, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally devoted yeah. to everything that helps me show up in the world as the best version of who I am. Well, it's amazing how much momentum you gain just by making the decision to move mm. forward. That's it. The minute you decide, and you know what it is, and this is what's so interesting about Codebreaker. We're saying that you have a sovereign mind. You have sovereignty over your mind and your thoughts. And, you know, it's none of our business what anybody else thinks about us at all. And it's none of their business what we think about them. This is really important. Yes. And it's up to us to train the mind so that we can have the life that we want. Because just think about this, if the unconscious mind is running our life 95% of the time, what does that tell us about what is important? It is so important to be able to delve into what makes us tick, to delve into uh, the unconscious mind and discover the events, emotions and decisions, that, like the thought processes that we have made that are now locked in our DNA and they're there for eternity until we clear them out and they continue to jump up and slap us around and keep us in negative life patterns. They stop us from having the relationships that we want. They stop us from having the business success. They kind of like put a glass ceiling on everything that we can attract into our lives and what our lives will look like. And so how important is it to work in the unconscious? It's the most important thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, for me, there's two things that are massively important, and that is one, developing a strong connection to your true self, and that is that perfect divine being that you are when you're not being run by the unconscious mind and, you know, inquiring into and doing the work, doing whatever it takes to get clear of the programs that are in the unconscious. In one of your videos, you hold up a blank piece of paper that yes. has a black dot right in the middle to symbolize the black dot, the 5% mm -hmm. of our conscious mind versus the vast majority, 95% of our unconscious mind. What's so poignant about that particular example is when you see a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper with a black dot in the center, that's automatically what you focus on mm -hmm. because that is the one thing on that sheet 
And yet what then is, we're missing is all the rest of possibility and potential um, around it. So that's a wonderful symbology, um, if you care to speak to any of that. Daniel and I call it working in the white space because when you see this huge, like we've got a three-day weekend coming up in um, Marina Del Rey this weekend and one in October in Australia. And the very first thing that we do is we have a big whiteboard and we put that one black dot in and we say, look, this is the conscious mind. And the conscious mind can say, I want the love of my life and I deserve it. And the un in the white space, the unconscious mind will say, who do you think you are? You don't deserve that. You're not beautiful enough. You're not smart enough. You don't deserve love. And if the white space, if those programs are in the white space, we know which one is going to win, don't we? Because the unconscious mind is that much more powerful. And as Jack Canfield says, you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know that that's in the white space, you're just wondering, well, how come everyone else has got the love of their life and I don't? You know, how come people leave me, abandon me? How come? You know, I'm not that ugly. I'm not, I mean, I try hard. There's, a, there's this kind of like, what's going on? And when you start asking those questions, that's a great, great time to understand that it's time to, to you know, work in the white space and to find out really uh, what is going on for you in the unconscious. Definitely. What are a few methods you have for helping people begin to understand what's going on in their subconscious mind? Yeah, there's a number of things. First of all, I take everyone through in all of our programs, guided visualizations, where we collapse time. So we, we all become quantum time travelers. We go back and we use our imagination, which is that wellspring of wisdom within each of us to um, identify an event, emotion and decision from the past. Now, it could be just the immediate past, childhood or past lives. And what, wherever, wherever, you're, wherever you go, you add, people actually discover events, emotions, and decisions. Now, that's called, you know, bypassing the conscious mind and going into the unconscious to discover what are some of the programs in the unconscious. So that's a really powerful way of doing it. Asking yourself the four questions, using inquiry. Deep, deep inquiry is just so, so powerful. So asking yourself the four questions, you know, how am I feeling what am I focused on? How do I want to feel? What focus will serve that? Now, they're, they're so, this is like an understated four questions, like underestimated, because uh, we've been teaching those four questions to people all over the world. People have been changing their businesses and their financial outcome just by using those four questions, which, by the way, is exactly what I did um, at 27 when I was going through all of that time. And, um, you know, I was not aware, I was oblivious of how I was showing up and, and how I was affecting everyone around me. And when somebody actually said to me, wow, we have to walk on eggshells around you, it was like, oh, okay. And that's when I started using those four questions. And I went from, you know, below zero financially to a self-made millionaire by the age of 30. And the reason why that happened was because those four questions changed my frequency. Mm. They changed the way I showed up. I was managing my emotions. My emotions and thoughts weren't managing me. Can you see there's a huge difference there, mm. right? right? And that was, that was just so powerful. Um, so please, you know, read the book. The four questions come up through every chapter of the book with little um, nuggets for you of, of how they might work for you because they will change your frequency and change your life. So you've got meditation, guided visualization, inquiry, and um, we, use, we use transmissions of divine energy. So we actually put our hands on people's heads where we can. And if we can't do that, like even now, um, my intention is that you are getting this perfect divine energy and everyone watching this is getting it because you're on the frequency that I'm on at the moment, which is just pure unconditional love. And so I would be actually now, my intention is that in this moment, each and every person watching this is getting a beautiful um, I was going to say a hit. <laughs> it's very Aussie, isn't it? But, you know, kind of giving you a hit um, in your frontal lobes here, 
where that energy begins to um, open you up to more creativity, more wonder, more of the divinity that you are and starts to change your life. So we actually, in Codebreaker, there's four, it's a four part process that you go through and it's in all of our live events. It's almost what we're doing now. It's um, attuning to the frequency of your choice, which in this case is unconditional love. Um, because love, love ignites the secret to your success. That's chapter two. Um, inquiry, which is the four questions and all of the other questions that come up. That's why we created the journal, by the way, um, because so that as you're going through the system in Codebreaker, you can measure the shifts that you're making by using the journal, which is really exciting. Mm. Uh, then there's um, correction. So this is the the best and fastest way to get into the unconscious. And that's to have someone like me actually access your unconscious, your soul's journey. Um, and for me, I have, obviously I have, if I'm working with you, your past lives would actually appear before me three dimensionally. I would see them with my spiritual eyes and they would tell me your story. They would tell me the decisions that they made. And in every single case over the last 40 years, every single one of them has been exactly what the person has needed to hear in order to shift them out of the challenging uh, spaces that they were in at the time. Mm. So, um, by the way, I'm excited about that because we're about to start a, a year-long program, coaching program, where we teach people how to do this. And um, very, very excited about that. And then there's the transmissions of energy. So those four things, this is a comprehensive, easy four-part system that um, having worked with it with thousands of people around the world, we just know that the benefits are there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, you've um, instructed um, private retreats for Jack Canfield. You've presented this around the world. Um, but how did you go from your own struggle to the meditation group, to tuning in to the thought leaders that we all admire and follow, to creating the system yourself to share with others and transform others. How was that? that because that's a part of your creator journey. So share how that came about. A, a lot of divine guidance, by the way, yeah. a lot. Because Daniel and I live by divine guidance. And um, when we decided to write this book, and this is, this is a fun thing for people to do. If you actually want to write a book, um, you've got that. You've got that wisdom, that knowledge within you, and we did. You know, our we we were very clear on our mission. Our mission for ourselves was to live as as these incredible divine beings who were diligently clearing out the unconscious, and that we would put our hand up whenever we, you know, whenever we had a slip in our magnificence, we would just go, oh, "Hang on, I'm not feeling so good. What's going on?" Yeah. Um, so we we actually had something that we knew was beneficial and that we wanted to share. And a lot of people on this planet today have a lot of amazing things that should be shared and that can be shared. So if you want to write a book, you can do it this way because this, this really worked incredibly well for us. We got a huge sheet of paper and we put it up on the dining room wall and we decided that we would get different colored sticky notes and that we would write on the sticky notes the chapters that we want to talk about. So Daniel wrote some, I wrote some, and we just stuck them right across the top. So you write your chapters across the top. And then we thought what we'll do is we'll find the quotes that go underneath it because um, Codebreaker is full of fabulous quotes from other people. Yeah. And, and then, we would, then we would, you know, really like download what was going to come in, the, in each chapter. And we knew we were... Uh, creating a system but we didn't quite know it was the platinum life system until we looked up and we saw the names of the chapters across the top of the paper and I looked at Daniel and said hang on doesn't that spell platinum and, and he went yeah and it was like oh no not platinum because everybody's got platinum everything right however we got we, we realized it was a perfect octave yeah. starting a piece and finishing it mindfulness I mean how much more perfect can you get yeah. And um, so when you think that the, the password to unlock the best version of who we are and the book, the creation of the book came about because we wanted to share the high frequency being the states of our true self and what was blocking them. So we, we knew it was peace and love, awareness and trust. We knew it was definitely integrity neutrality, unity, and mindfulness. And they were the chapters of the book. And it was like, ah, oh. so what blocks us from 
um, living that. And that's where the creative part really came about. And I know a lot of people don't do this, but we decided that we were going to test the system out. We weren't just going to release a book and say, well, here it is. This might work. So for five years, whilst we were writing it and really creating the system, we were using it on all my private clients in all of our live events. And so we were seeing how people were changing their lives instantly, how their creativity was going through the roof, their businesses, their amount of money they were making, their relationships, everything was changing and opening up for them as they revealed more of their true self. So the creative process was live events, online events, the book, the system evolved, you know, it evolved. And we brought a lot of people in, like I would say to anyone who is creating anything, don't hold it so closely to your chest that no one can, you know, come in with their wisdom and, and their love and their, and they, people want to be involved. We actually had a CIA um, code breaker, ex code breaker, help us with this book. And, um, you know, it was so funny. He was totally retired and, um, he loved this project and he was not spiritual on any level. He didn't understand it. And do you know what happened? This is this for creative people. Because we were working with somebody who didn't understand a word we were saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> explain this, explain that, right. give me a story, yeah. tell me how it works in real life. Yeah. And he was responsible for us adding in the stories. He was responsible for us explaining things so simply. And it was like, oh, it would have been a very different book without somebody saying, I don't understand that. Tell me, give me another way. And, uh, and so again, the creative process is open it up, yes. you know, especially open it up to people who don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, yeah. And now of course this man's life is just, you know, just so stunning. And um, he's got a new beautiful beloved in his life and he, they're in their eighties. And it's just beautiful to see them and how their lives have, have flourished since reading the book. And his big takeaway, by the way, he said, I started reading it and he said, I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what they're talking about. And then there's one sentence in there that says, the only thing that is stopping you from having the life that you want are your thoughts. And he said, wow, that was a big wow moment. And um, he said, I want you to expand on that. And we had no idea that that was such a big wow moment. Yeah. And, and obviously the whole system is, is built around our thoughts and right. conscious and unconscious. Right. That's there, so important. Sorry, go ahead. You can go ahead. Well, it's just so important to get that outside feedback. And we talk about this a lot when we share articles or write content or create any content for our community as well, because what we know is stuff we already know. And so breaking it all down for somebody who's not in the same world is a whole different, it just unlocks a whole different level of, oh, well, this is just something I'm steeped in every day, but you don't know it from the broken down level of, oh, you need to consciously create the thoughts that you're going to think. And also how it is your point to your point of how important it is for people to put their creativity out there mm -hmm. because you may never have any idea that that one quote or phrase would be so impactful and powerful to him. And so similarly, those who create art or write books or create businesses, whatever, we never know, you know, that it, because a lot of the time, and as you know, because you attend, I'm sure a lot of conferences, um, we go first for the big event, but oftentimes it's a few poignant pieces that make all the difference. You know, it's the tiny seed that creates the great tree. So seed and thoughts, you know, that really makes a difference. So for you, um, you were, were you already speaking and you said you were working with, you were already coaching clients and you were already speaking. Um, so you basically have brought all that you've been doing, your legacy for the past decade or so and packaged it into this book. Sorry, four decades. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I'm the one with the gray hair, right? You're the ones with the dark hair. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a boomer. I'm definitely, but you look like you're 40. So you're, you're, yes, I wouldn't have guessed that long, but yeah. So you, you know, like, how did you, a part of what I'm trying to uh, get to, I think is that the importance again of people recognizing that they have gifts for the world and that there are things that 
you have to offer. And, and it's so important for you guys to create these books as well in these journals because this book and the journal, because you cannot in person uh, reach everybody. You cannot help everybody like you did in this book. There's a wonderful story of Benjamin and you were able to go to his house. Uh, he's dying of cancer and he's on his last days, he thinks basically. And you were able to make the direct contact and that's a beautiful story and there are so many in here. And you're right, the book is so beautifully laid out. And I know I'm rambling on to the next thing, but um, yeah, just speaking to your decision to create the book and how that came about and you said it took you a number of years. So it wasn't like and I think what's important about this to bring it into encapsulated into an idea is that um, it wasn't a fast road. It wasn't a quick fix. It wasn't to just write the book and get it out there. It was a process over time. It was a journey that you undertook and stayed with from beginning to end. Yes. And it's what we're still doing. You know, like we're just about to release the Codebreaker Certification Coaching Program, which is teaching people to actually um, coach and mentor other people the way I do. Because like you said, I'm, I deliberately chose to work with entrepreneurs and transformational leaders because my thought process is if I can get to the people at the top of the company, at the top of the tree, then everything under them starts to change. So they get to more people, right? It's like working with Jack Canfield and his partner, Patty Aubrey. That was a natural for me because they're affecting millions of lives and the clearer they are, the, the more they can impact lives. So that was my raison d'etre. Now I'm going, hang on. We deliberately wrote the book because people invest thousands to work with me, but not everybody can do that. So we're saying here, this is, this is what would happen if you were working with us, but here it is for $27 or $17, whatever it is, Audible or whatever, right? And here's, here's the... the um, journal to go with it and we've made heaps and heaps of free content like people can go to the codebreakerbook.com website and they can download three free meditations that are part of the system that enhance the system so we're saying yeah you know we've dedicated decades to this five years to writing it and editing and by the way I remember going to Jack about three years ago and saying, hey, you know, we've got the book, we're, we're ready to publish. He said, yeah, how many times have you read it out loud? And we just looked at each other and went, read it out loud. Uh, none. <laughs> and he said, well, it's not ready. So there's another point for people who are in the creative world. Until you read your own work out loud, it isn't ready to publish. Mm. And that's a really, you know, that's for your blogs, that's for your emails, that's for everything. And, um, and especially for a book. I mean, we've read Codebreaker Out Loud so many times. I just wanted to, you know, I had to take a year off, quite frankly. I was like, overload. Um, and then when we uh, put it in Audible, everyone said, well, it has to be in your frequency and your voice um, because you know this information. It's yours and you're the one that's disseminating it. You're the one that's giving it to the world. So Daniel and I sat down and we read that book so that people would get it um, this way. And I know that, I mean, we're very, very excited about it because, um, you know, don't read it whilst you're driving because it puts you into an altered state, but you know, any other time is great. Uh, so the creative process is like, it's an ongoing thing, like what's next? And then we're gonna do a teacher program where we actually teach people to take the weekends that we take. We're making ourselves um, redundant yeah. and of course, we never will be, but to share this work, to have it as a global movement, you have to have a lot of people invested in the system. And that means we've got, and imagine what's gonna happen. When, we just imagine if you two decided, yep, I'm gonna mentor people like this. You, you learned the system, you went through the program and you said, yeah, and I'm gonna teach it. Can you imagine how many people around the world would be affected and impacted by just two of you? So imagine if we have people all over the world doing this we couldn't possibly reach all those people and quite frankly the book was given to us as a full like six weeks it was like this divine soul download I'd get up at six in the morning right until eight at night and I'd read it out loud to Daniel that night and go wow what was that like I didn't even know what was going to come on the page wow. and um, it was so exciting this work isn't our work it's God's work really and um, that's why we wanted to you know, put it in this form and, and get it to as many people as possible. 
So when you sat down every morning at 6 a.m. and worked for all those 14 hours, um, did you set yourself, did you establish, um, you know, as a state of mind, did you get into meditation before or you just started writing? In fact, I'm not a six o'clock in the morning person. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going, I would just kind of, my body would just get up out of bed, you know, rise out of bed and I'm going, okay. And I knew I had to go down to the computer. And honestly, the hours just went so quickly. It felt like a couple of hours. I would get late at night and I'd go, what time is it? And Daniel would say it's seven o'clock or eight o'clock. I'd be going, that can't be real because there was no motivation. Look, when you're living by divine guidance, that you don't need motivation. Motivation isn't even a part of it. It's just, it just is happening. Right. Who you become. And that's the big message that I want to give people. It's, you know, what you're doing is really important, but what's more important is who you are being whilst you're doing it. Yeah. And so this being the state of allowing the divine to come through you and to, you know, to disseminate the information that is needed in the world, it's just, it's the, the, the hardest part was not that. The hardest part was the editing, five years of editing and putting it together and creating the program and, and using what we'd been given and fleshing it out and understanding it, you know. Um, but when you start to use the system, uh, like in our weekends and, and everything, we put platinum down one side of the page. I must do this so you guys, I'll do a video on it so eventually so you guys get to see it. But we put platinum down one side and then we put the frequency blockers down the other side. So this is a low frequency ego mind living and this is the high frequency true self divine mind living and people look at it one man said to me oh i've been living on the wrong side of platinum all of my life in other words you know like everything that's blocking platinum he said that's my life and i got him up and cleared out some money unconscious programs around money and during lunchtime something happened he came back into the room he said is this a coincidence he said i just got two firm offers of over $2 million uh, properties in my real estate business that I didn't think was ever going to happen. And it happened over lunch. And what happened? And we just laughed because we said, yeah, that's what happens when what is stopping you is, is taken out of your field. Like it's no longer in your energetic field. It's not in your thoughts. It's not in your emotions and you're open to, you know, having these things happen. So, um, Look, when you're on track, you're just on track and it's not really hard work. It only becomes hard work when the ego mind takes over and says, oh, I've got to push to get it done by this time. I've got a, I've got a deadline. I've got this. I've got that. That became hard work. We had to, we had to actually go, hang on. It doesn't matter if it comes out. Like we were the first ones with this code breaker and then within those years, Dr. Phil um, launched a book called The... Uh, something life codes and everybody else over the last five years, codes have been coming. Have you noticed this? There's a lot of books and a lot of stuff about codes. And we, I thought, wow, how interesting. If we had have pushed to get it out, you know, it would have been the first one. And, and I'm going, I started laughing. I'm like, oh, really? So that's what the ego mind is, is like, really? Yeah. So people aren't going to be writing about codes because you're the code breakers and you've got the system. It's like, it's, it was not relevant. In fact, if anything, it was exciting. It's like, yeah, this is what's been coming down now. You know, we're all getting information. Right. And, you know, and it's for us to share it. From the yeah. cloud. <laughs> exactly, darling, from the divine cloud. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, um, in your process, well, let me ask first about your journal. So at what point did you decide to do the journal? Was that from the beginning? You knew you were going to do the book and the journal? No, it was so exciting. We had, we, we um, had a brilliant designer, a, such a creative who um, read the book. He actually came to one of our, oh, he actually came to one of our weekends first and said, oh, he said, so platinum was just out there waiting to come in and dance with the world and to help us. And he said, you've just made this incredible information bioavailable to every human. And I'm going, what's bioavailable? But anyway, but this is how he spoke, right? And um, he designed the cover and he designed this backdrop. And he actually said, I, he said, I'm not going to charge you, but I want to lay out the interior of the book. Wow. Because the frequency is so high 
And he was changed so much by the high frequency work that we do. But he said everything about this book. So we, we, we actually ordered the whitest paper we could get, the strongest, the six, white 60 pound paper. Everything is super high frequency, right from the beginning to the end. So when you're doing a project, when you want, when you're in creative mode, think about what is the best possible thing that you need to do to actually have this in the world, representing what the information is, representing who you are. So if our mission is to live as high frequency beings, then everything we do has to, um, you know, everything we do has to, you know, it emanates from that. Everything's got to be high frequency. And so uh, he was the, obviously the best choice of designer, um, the best choice of everything because he was on the same wavelength. So when you're getting a designer to help you, if you don't do it yourself, make sure they're on your frequency, right? Make sure that they know exactly what your message is and how you want to present it in the world. So can you, you mention frequency a lot and, I do. and also the unconscious patterns. So can you give a little bit more elaboration on what that looks like for people who, for instance, aren't necessarily psychically or intuitively tapped into beyond the veil as you are? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, science, what I love about this time, time frame now is that science has caught up to all of the spiritual information that I was given, you know, as a very young person. And science tells us that everything is energy. All energy vibrates at a frequency. So the frequency is determined by our thoughts. And our thoughts determine our frequency. Did you get that one? Yeah. Right. So it's, it's kind of like this, right? Yeah. So that's just science and that's why I talk about frequency so much because it is every thought that you think, every word that you say carries an energetic, uh, probably like a, I was going to say frequency, but there's another word. It's an energetic blueprint mm. and what you feel after you've said those words, what emotions happen are also then locked in to mm. your system. So if you have an emotional event and you say something like, um, which is what I said when my mother died, oh, I'm never going to love like that again. Mm. Right? So I'll never, I'm never going to love like that again holds a very low frequency. It's a negative statement and that went in and it was part and now became locked into my information centre. And so when I you know, married my first husband, um, there were a lot of circumstances as to why I married him, but there wasn't, I loved him, but there wasn't that, I don't even know how to say this, but there wasn't, for me, I loved my husband, but I had love in a box. I really need to write about this because this is really important for people. I had love in a box and it was the box that I allowed so much love in and out of that box. And that was all because I didn't want to be hurt again. And I didn't want to be abandoned again by everybody around me dying. So if you put, if you then, that's the frequency I was on. And my husband then, he's like, he's got love in a box for sure. So we are, we, you know, you, you actually attract mirror images of each other. And like you guys would be really beautiful mirror images of each other on lots and lots of different levels, right? Um, so love, in a, love was in a box. And I, cause I said, I made the statement which vibrated at that frequency. And I brought into my life a man who had love in a box as well. So, you know, all of the problems that happened, happened because of those two. And they were unconscious at this stage. Like how many years later you don't think, oh yeah, I said, I'll never love like that again. That doesn't come back up. It's, it's kind of locked away there in the white space. Yeah. yeah. And it's not until you actually work with it that you change the energy around your thought process. Yeah. Yeah, right. So this is what this is all about. So even, all creativity is coming from divine downloads. All of it, no matter who you are, yeah. right? That. Yeah, creative, creativity is a line, is akin to divinity, basically, because we are becoming more of what we're here to do, to create the life that we want to live. Yes, and having the gratitude for it and, and not not slapping God around by saying, oh, this isn't good enough, it's not perfect, um, let's just wipe that out or whatever. It's like, 
really going, wow, look at this. This is what I'm thinking. Isn't this exciting? Taking risks. You know, if you don't, if you're not prepared to take a risk. And when I say take a risk, I really want to use the T in platinum. And that's trust. So really trusting that the creativity and the downloads and the wisdom that you're getting, that you're getting them for a reason. And, and even if it's just to make you feel better, um, that's exciting. Yes. Anything that makes us feel better, that, that brings joy to us, that's a gift. Yes. And then start showing it to other people, whether it makes them happy or not, it really doesn't matter. The gift is for you and then you get to share it. And if people want it, great. If they don't want it, that's great too. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. You flowed naturally into what was going to be my next question when you shared the unconscious barriers that you discovered that you were carrying. Um, yeah. So another common one, is, so that's a common one about love and being worthy and that sort of thing. Another common one ties in with the man that you said um, sold the, the, had the million dollar transactions occur over lunch when you helped yes. him clear his money barriers. So a common one is money barriers um, in particular in the artistic yeah. creative world. So could you share some examples of unconscious money barriers? Oh, for sure. Well, especially in the creative world is one of the big ones is um, being an artist doesn't pay, right? <laughs> I mean, that's like, oh, really? Um, and even when you see artists, look, there's been struggling artists since the beginning of time, true? And we've seen it where, you know, it's very rare that artists are acknowledged in their time and frame. However, in this era, that's not the case. And the fact is that if you have an unconscious program saying um, money doesn't come to artists, money, people don't get, uh, creativity doesn't make money. If you start saying things like that, then that's what's going to happen for you. That, that's just science, right? Um, so it's really important to find out what are your baseline uh, programs and thoughts in the white space. And you can do that by using the four questions, by the way. Like if, if I was a struggling artist and I would say, well, how am I feeling? I'm feeling like, wow, no matter what I create, you know, it, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get its true value for it. And what am I focused on? I'm focused on the fact that I'm super creative, but that doesn't really make money in the world. You know, my parents have told me that, everyone's told me that, you know, and then how do I want to feel? Oh, I just want to feel amazing that I can create this incredible body of work and be paid for it. And money's coming to me from everywhere. And then, okay, so what focus will serve that? Oh, I'm so grateful that I have this creativity, that I can create this, and that people love my work and money is coming to me from everywhere. Mm -hmm. Did you see how I changed the thought process and I actually reprogrammed the white space just then? And that's, we can all do that. We can all reprogram the white space. Yes, definitely. Asking the questions, you're finding out what you really think, and then you go, mm -mm, no. I'm, I'm so grateful for being a creative. I'm so grateful for money coming to me from everywhere. Because what's money? Money is more, more creativity. Energy, it's yeah. more energy, right? So, um, so everybody who's listening to this, get my good friend's brand new book, um, Happy Money by Ken Honda. Read it, put a smile on your face, love it, and have money coming to you from everywhere. I actually teach people to say, I trust that money is coming to me from everywhere and I get them to lock it in. I, when we first started doing this years and years ago, Daniel and I would be walking down the street and somebody would offer us something or someone would bring a bottle of wine or someone would do something, which is still like money because it's still people, right? And we'd go, yes, money is coming to us from everywhere. And we would have this fun, right? Smile, happy. And that's the energy of money that you want. You want happy money coming to you. So as you're creating it, love what you're creating. I love what I'm creating. I love this painting. I love this book. I love this blog. Just make sure that you're putting the frequency in it that people are going to get when they receive it. Yes. That's, that's so wonderful. I'm so glad you shared that. And one of the things I want to go back to just a little bit, um, is because I have a little bit of a conflicting, like sort of a struggle thing. And that is so often the things that we, well, the lessons that we learn come through struggle. Oftentimes what you've discovered in your journey through struggle into greater light and awareness and consciousness is that it doesn't have to be that way. 
Um, so there's that level of struggle. And then the other one was when you were writing your book and you would say that when you're in alignment, it's effortless. Yes. And yet one of the things that we talk about a lot in our work is that often, and Tony Robbins does as well, and that it's often that on the other side of your struggle comes your greatest growth. Meaning that sometimes we have to just like symbolize by, by birthing, symbolized by the birth process where we enter the world through struggle and tremendous pain into just the most phenomenal, wonderful, magical experience possible. And I think that we go through that, you know, as spiritual beings, uh, as human beings discovering or returning to our spirituality. So if you could just address and speak to that too, because I don't think you mean that um, if we're experiencing a struggle, that suddenly that's a roadblock telling that the universe is saying no, uh, or that if everything's easy, the universe is saying yes. So, so could you expand on that from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, look, Daniel and I say throughout Codebreaker that you are a perfect divine being. The only thing stopping you from living your purpose and mission and having the life, the happiness and success that you want are the unconscious programs. So yes, we would be pretty crazy if we didn't learn from our struggle, right? Um, but what we're saying is, hang on a minute, this is an old paradigm. It's just an old thing. You know, or what lessons did I have to learn? What I obviously had a lesson to learn. I'm going, yeah, you had a lesson to learn. You had to learn to get into the white space and find out what programs you had running that created the struggle in the first place. If I had have had this information when I was a young girl, I would have had a very, very, very different life. And I certainly wouldn't have had 30 surgeries and, you know, everything happened that I've had happen because I would have been able to block that out. So on the other side of every surgery, I didn't come out of that with a big aha moment at all. And I think that the way we think about this is, is slightly different. I think that's an ego mind paradigm where human beings have to make their suffering worth something. Um, it's where we continue the story of addiction to pain and suffering. And it's not true. The fact is that we can live a life, the life of our dreams, when we do the work. I mean, Tony does the work over and over and over and over again, right? He's not necessarily going into the unconscious, but the work he does is brilliant. And now you take that the next step into the unconscious and you can start monitoring what you're thinking, what you're feeling, who you've got coming into your life, how you're creating, what you're creating from a very, very different space. It's almost like you're bypassing the ego mind, which it's not happy about, by the way, because it's been master of humanity for so long. You're <laughs> bypassing the ego mind yeah. and really coming into this place where, oh, Life does flow with grace and ease. Is it supposed to? I People, by the way, one of the biggest um, programs that I correct out of people is that um, I don't deserve uh, to, I don't deserve to go home to God. That God has abandoned me. Now, if you think that the majority of humanity has that program in their unconscious, then we're going to be hooked into suffering big time. Right. So I always correct that out of everybody and say, no, no, that's not it. Right. God cannot love, cannot abandon itself. It's impossible. Only we can abandon love, which is what I did, by the way, when my mother died. So when love stroke God, because some people don't like the word God, some people, I mean, most people like the word love, so you can interchangeable, right? So when you come to that place where you realize that love can never abandon you, and it cannot be, it is who you are, it's, it's the truth of who we all are, then, then you realise, oh, I do deserve love. Oh, I do deserve to have a happy, great life. Oh, I don't deserve to be punished. That's the other thing. In the white space, oh, I deserve to be punished. I've been a bad person. I'm, you know, in past lives we've done everything. So, and a lot of us carry those programmes through with us and think we deserve to have all of those shocking things happen to us in this lifetime. And it's just not the truth. We've got to get off that karmic cartwheel and Codebreaker will help you do that. Fantastic. So I'm trying to get you into a new paradigm, a new way of, of being and thinking. Well, I think what I wanted to um, clarify really is the concept because we, we have, we hear a lot of times people thinking that, um, well, if it's hard, it's not meant to be. Um, and really it isn't. So I think maybe part of that paradigm shift is that is shifting our perspective 
on hard, um, you know, because, you know, a challenge in business, you know, business is about solving problems, as many say. Um, and if you can solve the problem, then you move on to the next. And if you look at it as this is a hassle or this is a struggle or this is bad, then it is. If you just look at it as a normal part of life and working through the, the, the discoveries through each struggle or through each opportunity, then it isn't, uh, even if it seems difficult, what we can know is just on the other side of that, we're just going to grow stronger. I, I love what you're saying because you're actually now talking about the N in platinum, which is neutrality. And it's like, okay, so when you're neutral, neutrality, by the way, is another word for enlightenment. So when you're neutral, you have the ability to be trigger free. In other words, every time a challenge happens in your business, every time someone does or says something wrong or whatever, you don't have a knee-jerk reaction and think, oh, God, this is so hard. Because right. every time you say that, by the way, what are you doing? Okay, what am I focused on? It being hard. What's the outcome? It is hard, right? So, yes. so when you get to this place of neutrality, and I would want every human being on the planet to come into that space, of course, and that is where you understand that, hey, we're all human beings and we all make mistakes. We all have a slip in our magnificence. People say and do things that they shouldn't. And we can either get totally upset about it, lose it and make it worse and make it have it as a drama, or we can go, okay, so I haven't trained them well enough. I need to do more training with them. Um, what's my program around that? Do I really believe life should be this hard? You know, you start doing inquiry. Um, so important. So the minute you start doing inquiry, it's like, oh, I, I, you know, I can talk differently to this staff member. I can talk differently to my husband, to my wife, to, to my partner. So it's communication, by the way, is a really big point in being able to help people stay neutral. Like, um, you know, I've had a few things. We've got a, a weekend, live weekend coming up, and some of the people didn't get emails, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm in the middle of this loop between two of my staff members, one saying they've been tagged and the other one saying, well, that's not enough. They've got to be in the system to get the email. And I'm, I, so I called them this morning and rather than saying, what bullshit is this? What's going on? Can't you two get your act together? Which by the way, my 20 odd year old would have done. Um, <laughs> like, really? Why am I, why am I dealing with this with everything else? Um, and so I was just able to say, tell me where the system has failed, right? Tell me where the communication has failed. You know, let me, let me understand this. And in asking for me to understand it, then they understood where mm. this had failed. Yeah. So there was no blaming, no complaining, no justifying. Just tell me. See, that's a very different way of communicating around a drama yeah. because I was neutral. If I wasn't neutral, I would have been who, you know, most people would be angry, right? Yeah. So, and, and angry is, is disguised, is fear disguised. And then fear is when, when love is not present. So the minute you move out of love, that gives you the invitation to get angry and be fearful. Yeah. And yeah. that's the system. It's like the system is, oh, I'm in fear. Okay. So I've actually lost my connection to love. Great. Now I know what I have to do. That's how easy this system is. I'm anxious. I'm worried. Okay. I, I just don't trust that everything's going to work out the way it should. And that's your system. And, you know, some, for some people, just understanding the system is enough for them to help them change. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Really, the, the, all those little signals flag us to that there are programs running in the white space. That's right. That need to be eradicated. And it comes back full circle to what you said in the beginning, which was managing your own energy and emotions instead of those managing you. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah what, what's your choice that you're going to make? Are you, do you want to be emotional, reactive, angry, upset, or do you actually want to stay calm, be happy, be more successful and magnetise more love, money and, and better health to you? Because one, one side will actually diminish and age you and the other side will uplift and inspire you. So that's the choice. Which one? Love or fear? Which one, platinum or the blockers to it, right? That's, that's just the way it is. That makes so much it's sense. It's easy. Yeah. Actually, no, it's simple. It's not necessarily easy. <laughs> like, like going to the gym. You know, you said you uh, just had come from the gym when we started yeah. this presentation, I mean, this interview. And, you know, 
that's kind of the hard concept that we come from too. It's like many is the day that um, I, at the end of the day of sitting all day, I'm like actually more tired. Whereas fortunately my younger counterpart here is antsy from sitting all day and ready to bike the hills and she'll drag me out there. I'm like, oh, but I'm really tired and I didn't sleep well. And so we go and bike and inevitably, invariably, I'm so much, so glad, even though it was hard, it gives you so much energy when you do work through the hard things by reframing them. But like, I'm not, not that it's so awful and I'm so tired, but rather I'm so grateful that I can. I'm so gr- glad yeah. to be able to get on the bike, to be out in nature, to do those kinds of things. So it's just, that's another reframe that ties oh, in. With you are so lucky to have your gorgeous counterpart there yeah. because, um, you know, I, the work that we do, by the way, um, we call it reverse aging. So the work that we do is very much about um, revitalizing ourselves, um, getting rid of everything that's in the cellular structure that is creating, that is, is and has created damage and reversing them, reversing that. And so obviously, um, again, I'm not such a morning person, but I've been getting up at seven, going down to the gym. It's only like 20, 30 minutes, but I'm on a walking machine doing interval. I come back up, my, my shoulders, my spine straighter, longer, happier, oxygen, the whole thing. And, you know, when you're sitting down most of the day, which by the way, we've worked it this out that a minimum of an hour a day, not including lunch, but for a minimum of an hour a day, Daniel and I leave our home, which is our office, and we go to the beach and walk and talk and create and love and just enjoy everything. And I would suggest to everybody, no matter how busy you are, take time. It doesn't have to be a whole hour, but get out of your office, get out of wherever it is, be in nature, do what you guys do. I mean, at the end of the day, perfect. Um, It sets you up to sleep better. It sets you up. And that's a mindset choice. Yeah. What you're doing is you're training the mind and you're training the body at the same time. Like the body doesn't, you know, the body goes along with what, with what you think, with your thought process. Yeah. yeah. We have just a few more questions, but we're also um, at around the hour time. Do you have a few more minutes? Yeah, sure. Okay. You want to go with the next thing? So we've, we've covered most of it. Yeah. But if you want to go with the next one that we haven't. Yeah. yeah so just getting into some of the nitty gritty of your business, what are some of the top one to three things you do in your business that produce good results for you guys that you might advise other creators to also implement? Yeah, networking for me has been really one of the big things. It's it's actually um, being seen and heard and developing really stunning relationships with people in your industry Um, or in an industry where you know that your work is valuable to them. Like I'm a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, Association for Transformational Leaders, um, eWoman Network. I'm with these people who all of them uh, have this incredible high consciousness way of being in the world. And they are obviously my clients because they're the people who know it's important to get to the next level. Like even if they're making millions or they're not making anything, they still know that it's important to get to the next level and that having a coach is one of the most important things. So network is very important, but not networking with people that, you know, are not going to um, be working with you. I mean, I've sat in a networking meeting and a woman from Germany has been there and said, wow, I don't know what you've got, but I want it, you know, and, and she paid $5,000 to come and have a half day session with me the next day. Um, And that's what good networking does. And remember, when you are networking, make sure you're showing up as the best version of you, right? So networking's been big. Um, I think developing relationships, even outside of your networking, like in your industry, we're very, very good friends with a lot of the top people in this country now and actually around the world who, um, who have the same mindset that we do. That's important, right? Because you get to throw things around. You get to party and play with people that are in your realm. And when we we, we built a beautiful uh, spiritual retreat in New Zealand, but we were uh, totally isolated. Uh, people would fly into work with us and there we were. It was brilliant. And then when they went, weren't there, we were really isolated. And that wasn't great for business, by the way. So don't isolate yourself if you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, you know, if you've got a small business, make sure that you 
actually gather around you uh, like-minded, brilliant people who can become your friends, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not just talking about networking now. I'm talking about developing real friendships with business people. For, for instance, for this weekend that we've got coming up, um, one couple who they come to our house every Thursday night for a platinum circle where we where we do what I've been doing since I was 27, you know, meditate, heal, pray, uh, you know, do this incredible spiritual haven for us. Um, they're bringing five people. Five people are coming because of their friendship. Yeah. And, right. So they've, 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 they've suggested that five people pay to come and work with us. That's, a, that's friendship. You know, that's where they support you beyond just a network. Yeah. So networking deep, deep and meaningful friendships. Um, and the work that you do, I think I've already, you know, I, I did mention this, but really everything that you do, no matter how many risks we take, do it from a place of absolute love and gratitude. Do it. I feel like crying because it's like, who are you in the world? Make, that's, the, that's the big one. Make the decision that I am always going to live as the best version of me, whatever that takes. I'll do what it takes. Jack Canfield has gone to 600 trainings in his life. Yeah. That's weekends, you know, events, weeks, whatever. He made the decision to be the best version of who he is. Yeah. What you see when you see him on stage is exactly what you see when you're in your, his living room with him. Yeah. What you see with me here now is the same as when I'm on stage, is the same as if you were here with me. Find the integrity in the best version of who you are and live that. Yes. Right, live it. So that would be in business, your beingness is number one. Yeah. That's, that's that. number one. Yeah. That's fantastic and it's beautiful. And when it is that you're that each day with yourself, yes, then you're going to more naturally be that in the world and vice mm -hmm. versa as well. That's a wonderful note to end on as well as to um, share the beautiful cover for those who are seeing this on video of Code Breakers. This is Sandra and Daniel Biskind's book with a foreword um, by Jack Canfield and his code breaker, discover the password to unlock the best version of you. And we will include all the links in the show notes. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing your beautiful mes message, your beautiful persona, um, your wisdom um, and your optimism and elevating, helping to elevate our frequency. Thank you, darling. I mean, I must say being able to look into those gorgeous faces and, and, with you has just been an absolute honor so Thank i can you. imagine how wonderful the people are who are watching this with you because it all starts from the top right yeah. so <laughs> thank you thank you for having me on your show it's been thank fantastic thank you sandra bye-bye Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. <laughs>